shall we all arise as we start this time of worship with praises and thanksgiving for he deserves all our praise amen he deserves every hallelujah amen
All our fears will wash away when we see you. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears will wash away. And we'll see you for the last time when we see you. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Here we go. Wash away.
Jesus. The of the glory and the honor Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name you deserve the glory and the honor Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name, for you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else. 
for you are great. There is no one else like you, for you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. the glory you deserve the glory and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name you deserve the glory and the honor Lord, we lift your hands in worship as we lift your holy name. For you are great, the miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great, you do miracles so great. There 
good God. You never change. That same miracle that came to us through salvation through Jesus Christ is right now available. It's the greatest miracle of all. It's when you, Father God, come to us and live inside of us and make us a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the glory of salvation through Jesus Christ. We give you honor and praise in this place. Hallelujah. The greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. When a man born into this earth received Jesus and he become a brand new man. He came back, talk to God as his father. Amen. So I invite anyone who's here on a live stream. It's an invitation today. It is today is the day of salvation. Today is when we have it in our hand because we are living it. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But I invite you to become a child of a living God through faith. You, who is the only one who died for you. And because of his death and burial and resurrection, by receiving him, you become a child of the living God. And you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, leading you and guiding you in this earth and from now till eternity. So I invite you, if the, you feel the Holy Spirit right where you are and tugging on your heart, maybe the first time you tuned in to the Lord's ministry house. So this is the day of salvation. Say in your heart to him, you and him. Say, Father God, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for sending him to this earth to redeem me by his blood. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior right now. And I thank you, Father, for making me your child. For all who received him, they gave them the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. It's not by feeling. It's just you receive him, and from day to day, from now on, you're going to know the change because the Holy Ghost just took your word and came inside of you. As a baby born in the hospital, they don't know what happened. They just breathe the air of this earth. You are just breathe the Holy Ghost inside of you, become a child of God. So we welcome you to the family of the living God. Get in touch with us, 905-549-3884. Or go to tlmh.ca, send us your contact information so we can connect with you and help you grow in your spiritual life. Amen? Hallelujah. Please, everyone, have a seat. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the body of Christ here. We welcome everyone here on the live stream. And at this time, we're going to invite you to participate in supporting the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you are here on location, on, on live stream. So we're going to sh- speak from Psalm 35, 27, so we can give in faith. Amen? And the word give us faith. The scripture, Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. I'm going to pick on a few words here to get understanding, and then we're going to give and pray, release our faith in our giving. It says, let them, that means you and I, shout for joy and be glad. Why? Because who favor. Favor means you approve on. Anybody here approve on? On the the righteous cause. Favor my righteous cause. 
What is the righteous cause of God? In Hebrews 2, 9 to 10, it says, We see Jesus, by, by the grace of God, came and he tasted death for every man. So it was fitting for him in bringing many sons to glory. If you favor the gospel, if you favor what God done through Jesus to bring many sons of glory, it says, and let them say continually, so we shout for joy and be glad because we favor, we support the gospel, Jesus' death and resurrection and bringing many sons to glory and let them say continually. We don't say it's not only words. Sometimes we speak with our actions. Amen? Actions speak louder than words. And let them say by your actions, for example, in James 2.18, it says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So we can show our action by but our doing. And let them say continually. That means not once in a while, continually. A farmer, he doesn't sow a seed once, and that's it. He continually sows every season, at every opportunity he sows. So let be, uh, and he is a genuine sower because he is expecting a harvest. That means to, he was a bona fide sower, the farmer. And it says, let him be magnified, ma- magnified. Let the Lord be magnified, be highly uh, praise highly, which is in archaic, praise highly, glorify and magnify. Who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his, of his servants. And prosperity means completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, tranquility, wholeness, basically. So in the light of these words, let's see what, what the scripture said. Let them, let us shout for joy, being glad, joyful, glad, because we favor God's, the gospel, and let us by our action, continual action of sowing into the gospel, let the Lord be highly exalted. Amen? Because he takes pleasure in our wholeness, in everywhere. Not only financially, emotionally, physically. So that's what the scripture says. Are you going to be joyful and be glad? Amen? We favor our right, his righteous cause. So I invite anyone on location and on live stream because you are that bonified sower. You are the one who's sowing into the gospel wherever you are. And at this time, I invite you to participate in the vision of the Lord Ministry House to take the gospel to the uttermost part of the earth by every means that possible. Amen? There's few ways that you can participate. If you are on location, yes, raise your hand. Somebody will give you an envelope to give. And you can give through visa, through cash, through check. And if you are online, we invite you to go to tlmh.ca and there's a gift button. If you have your phone, you can text tlmhca to 77977 and you'll have the option of giving through that. And if you are in Canada, you can e-transfer to info at tlmh.ca. Hallelujah. And the traditional way also you can mail your check or money order to, to the address on the screen. Hallelujah. So as you prepare it, we, we uh, ask Pastor Ian to come over. Halabaki. Pray over your seat. Say, Lord, I magnify the righteous cause, your righteous cause. Lord, I say you be magnified in my giving. 
because and you are i thank you for loving me and providing for every need according to your riches and glory in christ jesus and tell him how much you love him let your love travel with with the seed let your faith travel with the seed he is there he is right there you're giving it unto him hallelujah Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, praise God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the knowledge of him causes us, causes, uh, us to allow our hearts to be established by grace. Amen? Not by works. In fact, let's stand. Let's believe God for the word today. Our hearts need to be established by grace. In fact... I'm going to take that as a provocation as to how we are to pray over receiving this word today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're just preparing our hearts to receive the word. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9 says, well, verse 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not I like to think of it as do not therefore. <laughs> I like to put in a therefore because of what came before. Do not therefore be carried away with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, to be established by grace. Not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. So we want our hearts to be established by grace, given that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as we come to this word, we come from that perspective. We want the truth. We want our hearts to be established by grace, not by vain traditions. And so First Peter chapter 1, Peter says, um, reading from verse... 17, he says, if you call, if we call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear, that's reverence for God, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, from your aimless conduct, the old King James says, from your vain conversation. You have been redeemed from the vain conversation, from the ways of the world, from traditions of men. You have been redeemed from lies, from deception, from error. You have been redeemed even from the spirit of the Antichrist, which is the spirit of error that operates within the church. You and I have been redeemed by what? Not with anything else, but by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What that means is that blood that has been shed gives you a legal right to the truth. You have got a right to be free from any lies, any deception, any traditions of men because of the blood of Jesus. Not only has the blood redeemed you from, but has redeemed you unto. It has redeemed you out of the lies, out of deception. Don't be conformed to this world, but it has been redeemed you unto God, unto the truth. 
It says it is given unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You have got a legal right to know, to comprehend, to grasp, to receive, and to take a hold of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. It's a mystery because it's not always obvious. But by the spirit of the living God that opened up the eyes of our understanding. That strengthens us with might by his spirit in our innermost being. He, he works in such a magnificent way so that we are able to see and to receive and to get a hold of that spirit of wisdom and revelation. And to be strengthened so that we can grasp and receive what the spirit of the Lord has for us. So today as we go to the word of God. Father, I'm asking you, in accordance to Psalms 119 and verse 32, that you will so strengthen us and enlarge our hearts that we will be able to run with your word. So the word is revealed. It shines light upon our pathways and we run with it. So that, as, so that we as the righteous, our pathway become brighter and brighter, brighter and we can go from strength to strength from glory to glory, from wisdom to wisdom, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you thanks and praise and glory and honor, because we know it's by the might and power of the Holy Spirit. Not our might, but yours. Bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have a seat. Now, I think it's very appropriate for me to pray in that manner, especially in the light of the message that, um, today, which has to do with money and finances and increase. And there are some things in the body of Christ that, um, that, all, that, that always tend to, to stir people up. And, and there are some areas of truths and revelation within the body of Christ that the enemy attacks. And the reason he atta- there are many reasons he attacks them. But number one, to keep us from the truth, he attacks some areas more than others because of how much of a threat those specific areas are to him. And the financial area is one of those areas. Because the word of God reveals that where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Which means if God can get a hold of your treasure, he will also get a hold of your heart. And when the Lord get a hold of your heart and he can steer it in whichever way he wants it to go, it's going to be upwards and it's going to be from strength to strength. And, and as a result of that, what he wants to do in us and through us will be accomplished. And that is not good for the devil. Amen? All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So today we're talking about uh, your advancement strategy, and this is part seven. But um, the subtitle today is Becoming a Money Magnet. Say, I'm a money magnet. I want to be a money magnet. Say it. Come on. Don't be shy. For the glory of God. Amen. Don't feel embarrassed about, about desiring to prosper. You see, that's one of the things that the tradition of men has done to the church. Where believers feel, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to have too much. I just want enough to take care of my needs and I don't have to be rich. Well, first of all, that sounds good and sounds humble. But in reality, that is somewhat selfish. The reason it is, is that you should, if you just, you, to just want enough for you, yourself, me and my and our, that's not good. That's, that's selfish. You need to desire so much that you will have much to abound to the, to, the, to, to the things of God. You should desire to have so much, not for yourself, but so that you have much to give. Amen? And support the work of the Lord, minister to the needs of others, minister to the poor, and so on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So say it again. Say, I'm a money magnet. I am becoming a money magnet. In the name of Jesus. 
by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? All right. Now, come with me for a little bit. Come with me for a little ride. In your imagination, allow yourself, permit yourself to imagine. If I could only imagine. Imagine. Imagine if, can you imagine if you can so function as a believer that you become this money magnet that attracts money to you? Imagine, Luke 6.38 is your experience. Which is what? That men are giving into your bosom good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Imagine. Imagine Proverbs 13, verse 22 to be true. The treasure and the wealth that the rich that the wicked has gathered up has been gathered up and is being given to you, the righteous. Just imagine. Is that the word of God? Isaiah. 45 verse 3 that the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that God is causing them to come into your life so that he can demonstrate that he is your God and he is El Shaddai. Imagine the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Is that the word of God? Is this a joke or is God serious about these things? Imagine, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, that God causes all manner of grace to abound towards you. Not somebody else, but all manner of grace to abound towards you so that you may have all sufficiency and be able to abound to every good work. Is that the word of God? Are we supposed to believe the word of God? Well, then we ought to believe all of those things. Let me read from Isaiah chapter um, 60. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I'm going to pick on a few verses. Do you know that the, do you know that, that the, matter of fact, before I go there, let me just, let me, uh, let me read this here first. Glory, say glory. Now, I know sometimes we think of glory, we think of the Shekinah glory, we think about the cloud and, 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 and all of those things, which I understand. And we think about the manifested goodness of God, and that's all fine. But listen to this. The glory of God also has to do with money, silver, gold, prosperity. The Bible speaks in in, in Haggai chapter 2. When God says, I'm going to shake everything, everything that can be shaken. And I'm going to shake it for this purpose. So that the glory and all the silver and gold that is mine will come into the temple of God. And that the glory, talking about that silver and gold, of the latter temple, which is the day we are in, will be greater than the former. That's Haggai chapter 2. That's what the word of God says. Now, in, I, in Psalms 49 and verse 6, it says, Psalms 49, no, verse 16, I'm sorry. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich. When the glory of his house is increased. And it calls becoming rich the increase of glory. I'm simply making this point. There is a connection between the glory of the Lord and prosperity and silver and gold and increase. This is what the word of God says. Now, with that thought in mind, and I hope I didn't lose anybody. Amen? 
But if I'm going to do this, let me do it right. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 60. Say glory. Reading from verse 1. I'm just, now I'm going to just. Anyway. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. I pray that in the name of Jesus, that he will arise over you and that his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The Amplified says, um, the, uh, says because the abundant wealth of the sea shall be turned to you. And then it goes on to say, and unto you shall the nations come with their treasures. Verse 6, the multitude of camels shall cover your land, the, the dromedarians of the Midians and the Ephod and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Neb Neboat shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. Are you the temple of God? Are you God's sanctuary? Are you God's dwelling place? Are you the house of God? Well, he says, I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are those who fly like a cloud and like, do and like doves to their roots? Surely the coastland shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them. To the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you. And in my wrath I struck you. But in my favor, say favor. Oh, glory to God. Psalms 102 verse 13. May the Lord arise and have mercy upon you for the time to favor his people, to favor his church has come. Now is the accepted time. This is the day for the glory of the Lord. This is the time for God to arise and show favor because the set time has come. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Therefore, therefore, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night. Why? That men might bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles. Your gates shall be open day and night. Even when you're sleeping, e-transfers will take place. Even when you're sleeping, something is going to happen with that account. Even when you're sleeping, day and night, there's going to be that open door. Glory to God. 
for the finances to come, for the glory of God. Has not the Lord said in, in um, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, that behold, there is this door in heaven, this open door, and the voice of a trumpet shouts and says, come up here and I will show you what is to come, what is to be hereafter. There is an open door. But you only get through that door. You got to come up higher. You got to come up higher. You got to come up higher. You got to rise up. And here you are coming up higher today in this financial arena. And there is an open door that no man can close. And that door is to be open 24 hours a day, all the time, continually. Is this available for everyone? Yes, the gospel is for whosoever will. However, it is for whosoever will believe. Believing is, the, is what is going to make the distinction. Do you dare to believe what the word of God says? Or do you want to, what level do you choose to believe it on? That is why it's made the Lord enlarge our hearts. That we might run the way of his word as we get a hold of it. Amen? Yeah. Alright, I think that's a good place to stop. Can you only imagine? That's the song, isn't it? If you can only imagine, but just imagine. Just imagine. All right, bless the Lord. So, God wants you to be abundantly blessed. You've got to stretch yourself. Amen? You cannot grasp this here <sighs> thinking about bread and tea. In other words, you got to go beyond yourself. You got to dare to believe some of this because. God is talking about some levels of abundance. And if you look at where you are, you're going to say, no way, no how. But this gospel is for whosoever. The way you measure it is going to be measured unto you. Amen? God wants you to be abundantly blessed. Why? That you may be a blessing to, to yourself, to your family, to the poor, to the city, to others. And that you may be able to finance the programs of the kingdom of God and the ministry. He says he's given you the power to get wealth. What for? That he might establish his covenant in the earth. That he might establish his covenant to the poor. That he might establish his covenant and his promise to the church. That there will be meat in that house. That he might establish his covenant, his will on earth as it is in heaven. So he has given us the power to get wealth. And that verse of scripture that Pastor Dad shared earlier. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor his righteous cause. Who favor the preaching of the gospel. Who favor people, people turning to righteousness. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor his righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in what? Of his servants. Of who? The servants are the ones that do his will. You know, sometimes we say, oh, God anointed David. But if you go look at it, you will see God told, God told Samuel to go and anoint my servant David. My servant David. There is a connection between the anointing and servanthood, which is doing the will of God. There is a connection between the anointing for prosperity there is, and, and, and that's servanthood. There is a connection between God delighting in your prosperity 
and your, and, your, and your abandonment of your will to the will of God. So, God wants you to be literally a financial distribution center and channel for the kingdom of God. And that is why he wants to get money to you. He wants you to be a money magnet because once, you can, once he can trust you that whatever he gives to you, you're going to do with it as he tells you and you are going to be a good short, then he wants to get it to you. Amen? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19 says, Charge them that are rich in this world not to be high-minded and to trust in riches. No, don't let your trust be there. But it says, let them that are rich, let them be ready and willing to distribute, to be that distribution center on God's behalf. Let them be willing to distribute. And as they do, what will happen is that they're actually laying up treasure in the kingdom of God in a realm where thieves do not break in and steal, where there is no inflation or any other such thing. They're laying up treasure there so that in a time to come, no matter what's happening here, they will always have an abundant supply. Say, I'm a money magnet. So this prosperity and financial increase, now hear this, hear this. You got to hear this. You can't listen to this from a natural perspective, okay? If you do, it's going to miss you. You cannot let, let, let limitations of your humanity hinder how you hear this. You cannot let your environment and circumstances and experiences be the deciding factor as to what you're going to take away from this. If you do, you're going to lose out badly. But enlarge your heart. And so, prosperity and financial increase... Listen to this. Does not come by labor, by your labor, or by your sweat. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10 verse 22. In other words, it's the blessing of the Lord that will cause this supernatural divine increase. And it does it independent of sorrow, meaning independent of the sweat of your brow or labor. It does not mean that you ought not to work. The Bible says, let him that steal, stole, steal no more. Let him that stole, steal no more. That he might have to give. Have to what? To give. So it's not, and, and, and there is no, the Bible says in all labor, there is profit. So we're not talking about laziness. We're not talking about not working. And by the way, for those that might be, that might be a sing, that might be a, um, a um, what do you call it? A stay-at-home mom or daughter that might be, might be retired. The word of God is just as available to you whether you're not having your hands on, on the plow or not. Amen. Does that make sense? All right. Okay. Well, the point of the matter is, this prosperity, this, this supernatural divine increase, it is not dependent on your labor nor your sweat. Amen. Now, your sweat and your labor does give you seed to sow. Let him work with his hands that he might have something to give. It does give you seed to sow, and then God can take that seed and multiply it so that that, go, that seed that goes into the ground comes up and it becomes a big harvest. And it is the Lord that gives the increase. Say, so God gives the increase. But it is your part to do the sowing. 
And you also have a faith responsibility in it as well, which is to believe some of what I'm saying. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 is going to say that God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Everything that comes into your hand, some of it is seed. And you don't want to eat your seed. But then some of it that comes into your hand is bread for food. In other words, it is to put food on your table. But we got to be able to discern that. And it's easy actually once you, once, you, once you get certain patterns in place. The one thing about spiritual things is that once you learn the patterns, then the outcome is predictable. That is what Proverbs 13 verse 15 says. When it says a man with understanding will receive favor. In other words, when a man has understanding and he understands patterns and so on and so forth, he can be so positioned for favor. Amen? All right. Okay. All right. Now, so we live to give. And God multiplies the seed sown. This prosperity doesn't come by sweat and brow, but it does come by the power and by the anointing. And and I'm going to get into some more detail in just a moment. But it doesn't come that way. Seed time and harvest is a law, just like gravity is a law. Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, verse 22 says, it, um, it says, um, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest is not going to cease. Once there's winter and there's summer, once there's hot and there is cold, it's guaranteed the principle or the law of sowing and reaping will remain, period. All right? Now, as I said, this prosperity doesn't come by labor. Well, how then does it come? Now, hear this. This is how it comes. It comes through men and the systems that are here on earth. God is not raining down gold bars, money, dividends, whatever it is, stock. He's not raining it down from heaven. You can get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the speaking in tongues all by yourself without any human being. You can get your healing directly from heaven. Amen? You can get a hold of faith and there's certain spiritual things that you can get a hold of and you don't need another human being. However, when it comes to the financial arena, it comes through men. Men and their systems on the earth. Anytime you hear the stock market crash and they lose $7 billion, well, where did, it, where did they lose it? Where did it go? Let it come over here. <laughs> Systems. But the point of the matter is this. What I'm saying is this. God bless in the financial arena especially. God blesses men true men. That is why it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall what? Men give into your bosom. The treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places, systems. This is how the program works. That is the reason why you got to respect people. You got to love everybody. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, Honor all men. You do not know that person that might be seem so, I, I don't know, I mean, the gentleman might seem so repulsive. You do not know who they know. You do not know if they are going to be the connection to some supernatural divine uh, uh, empowerment or, or a connection to someone that God is going to use 
to fill your treasure. You don't know that. So it says, honor all men, but that's beyond on them, period. But honor all men, fear God. Fear God. Love the brethren and respect the king. Amen? Because, no, you say, why is this important? It's one, but the Lord surrounds me with favor as a shield. Yes, God surrounds you with favor as a shield. You can have favor with God and not have favor with men, and you can starve. Even though you have all the favor with God. Because, in other words, don't neglect people. Are you with me? Get it? But anyway, the question is, how does prosperity come? It comes by men and systems on this earth. Men and, and that will give into your bosom. It comes by inheritance. Inheritance. There's no way you're going to move from $30 an hour to having tens and thousands and millions of dollars from the sweat of your brow. That comes by inheritance. And God, and we're we going to look into that sometime. But God says, I will cause those that love me to inherit substance. And he uses words like wealth and riches and unsearchable riches. He may rewrite those words, not me. Are you with me? He is the one that uses words about the abundance of the Gentiles. He is the one that uses phrases that he will cause you to ride on the high places of the earth. And he will feed you with the finest of wheat. No, he's not talking wheat, wheat. <laughs> Hello? Glory. Okay. All right then. So here are a few things that, is ne- that you need to know in order to set this prosperity into motion. All right? Number one, you must know and understand Financial redemption. You've got to know that. You can't just wander around and hope. You've got to know this. Understanding. Knowledge comes easy to the one that has understanding. Proverbs 14 and verse 6. You've got to have understanding. Without understanding, according to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 and 18, you will be alienated from the life of God, and especially in this financial arena. Say, I got understanding. Say, thank you, Lord, for opening up the eyes of my understanding. All right. What do you need to know? What do you need to understand? Financial redemption. Galatians 3, verse 13 says, Jesus, when he hung up on that cross, he became a curse, and he redeemed you from the curse of the law. Say, I am redeemed from the curse. Poverty and lack is a curse. I am redeemed from poverty and lack. All right. But not only are you redeemed from, but you're redeemed unto, right? You can read Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 12, but let me put it in a nutshell by simply saying this. Everything that God gave to Jesus, when Jesus was resurrected and made to sit on his right hand, and when God, Jesus, when God gave him the most excellent name and made him an heir of all things, everything, all of the riches, all of the wealth, everything that God gave to Jesus, he gave it to you. And quite frankly, he gave it to you at the very same time. Because you were raised up together with him and made to sit together with him. And you were in him when God made those declarations in Hebrews chapter 1. Amen? So you are redeemed out of poverty and lack. And you have been redeemed onto the wealth and the riches of God. Even God has even given unto you himself. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. 
But you got to know this. You got to know and understand that redemption. Where finances is concerned. Now, this is a sub-point, but let me mention it. This is something you need to know. You also need to know and understand and receive that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ declares that all of the inheritance is yours. In other words, it is the blood that gives you the legal right to all of this stuff that Jesus is an heir to, to all of the wealth and the riches and the... It is the blood that gives you the legal right to it. All right? Now, let me, just, let me give it to you quickly. While I'm turning to Hebrews chapter 9, let me quote Colossians chapter um, 1, verse 12 through to 14. Verse 12 says that, that um, thanks be to God, thanks be to the Father who has qualified us to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have forgiveness of sins and so on according to that blood. In other words, this, this, this being a partaker, you are qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance by the authority of the blood. Alright? Okay, let me look at it this way. Hebrews chapter 9. Now read this in another version when you get home. But Hebrews chapter 9, read it from verse 15. And for this reason, Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Now, eternal inheritance doesn't mean somewhere in the sweet by and by. It's just like eternal life. It is not often, a, it has to do with a perfection. It has to do with a completeness. Amen? And in prosperity is included. That you might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance mm -hmm. for where there is a testament. Now, testament, we're talking about a will. Amen? You know what a will is, right? For where there is a will, there's got, there is of necessity, there has to be the death of the testator. If there is a will with property and, 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 and inheritance that, and stuff that is connected to that will, the one who made the will must die before anyone can draw from that inheritance. Are you with me? All right. Therefore, not even the first covenant or will was dedicated without blood. Blood is an indication of death. For when Moses had spoken, in other words, then you see, it's like this. Here is this awesome inheritance. But it's, it, it cannot be enforced. You can't you can cash in on it. Unless the one that made the will dies. Well, he did. He did. And the blood is the proof. The blood says Jesus died. And it also says the inheritance is enforced. You can cash in on it. All right? Do you got that? All right. So that is why Moses, after he had spoken every precept, uh, to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and on the goats and, 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 and the water, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and he sprinkled both the book and the people. Blood, blood, blood. What is it? The book, he sprinkled the book and he sprinkled the people. 
Oh, what is this about? Saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Another version says, this is the blood that enjoins you to God. This is the blood that creates an obligation on God. Hallelujah. This is the blood. This is the reason why 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 is going to say, all of the promises of God in Christ, all, not some, all of the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen and certainty. Why? Because of the blood. Are you with me? This is the authority of your prosperity. So to deny that and to say no, it's not for me or something like that is to deny the authority and the power of the blood that has given you this right. It's like to say, you know, yes, Jesus, you died, you did all of that, but all I want is just a little bit of salvation. I just want a plane ticket to heaven. I just want my sins forgiven. But all the other stuff, man, I don't really care about that. It's good enough that I am forgiven. You are absolutely disrespecting and disregarding the value of the price that was paid you need to say, if God is going to give me, if God, if there was nothing that God held back and he gave me all things, then I am going to honor him by believing for the best. Are you with me? All right, let's get back over here. All right. So you got to know that, 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 that it's redemption financially. You got to understand redemption you're redeemed from curse, poverty, lack, insufficiency, you're redeemed unto the riches of God. And what is authority? The authority of it, the reason for it, is that all of this wealth and riches and all of that, it's the blood that gives you the right to it all. Now, now what is all of this stuff? Just very quickly, and I'll cover this last week, so let me give it to you quickly. This abundance and this wealth is so immeasurable. Ephesians 3 verse 8 called it the unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. In um, 2 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 verse 3 says he's given to you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And then it says when he gave you Jesus, Romans 8 32, with him. He also freely gives you all things. And there's two sides to that verse. One side is that when he gave you Jesus, he gave you all things. And next side to that verse is, if he's going to give you Jesus, will he not also give you all things? Either way, it's good. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. But now where is all of this stuff? No, it didn't say just that he's going to do it. It says he has done it. He has given it to you. He has given it to you. You've got it all. Where, 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 where is it? If he's given it to me, where is it? In heavenly places in Christ. Where is that? It's in your spirit. Now capture this. These things are very important because without it, if you try to step out in faith, you're going to be on shaky ground. And when issues come up, you're going to doubt and you're going to wonder. And if you doubt and wonder, the scripture says, let him not think he shall receive anything of the Lord because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So if you don't have a solid foundation, it is inevitable that it's only a matter of time and you're going to get knocked over by the traditions of men or by experiences or something else. All right? 
All right. So he has given you all of this stuff. All of it. Where is it? In heavenly places in Christ. Where is that? Ha <laughs> ha. Say this with me. Put your hand on the stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Put your hand on your stomach. Say this with me. Say, I have this treasure in earthen vessels. I have these treasures in earthen vessels. It's all here in my spirit. Amen. Have a seat. Woo! Glory to God. You already got it. So all you got to do now is figure out how do you draw it out. Philippians. Draw out your salvation with fear and trembling. How do you draw it out? But say, I got it. But you got to know you got it. Once you know you got it, man, you're, you're on the way. Now, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So how do you get that prosperity and all of that wealth and all of that provision out of your spirit? But you've got to know you got it. You see, you know, one of the most powerful truths where faith is concerned is to know it's already done. It's to know that you already got it. It's to know that it's already settled in heaven. It's to know that what Jesus said is so. It is finished. It is not only finished in the realm of the spirit, but it is finished in here. How can you doubt when you know that? I mean, there might be other issues I got to deal with, but that's not going to be one of them. Are you with me? All right. How do you get it out? How do you draw it out? Here again, because it is right in here, this is the reason why in Matthew 12, verse 35, it says a good man out of the what? Good treasure of his heart. It could have said a good man out of the good treasures that are in his heart. Say, I got it. I got it. Oh, I got it. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I'm reminded of Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, that even though he was dealing with some issues, he said, man, look, I make all men rich. He says, I make men rich. I pray by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost that truth is going to be so dispensed and I make myself available. Lord, let it be said that I make all men rich. Let the word that will come forward, the blessing of the Lord that make it rich, the spirit of the living God, let that be so proclaimed through this vessel that those, those that are associated will become rich. Just like the men that were with David and when they started out, they were broke, they were busted, they were disgusted, they were the rejected of society. But by the time the end of it all, when time came to building the temple, they were bringing Piles and piles of silver and gold because they had prospered. God did it then. He can do it now. And he does it. Now, let me tell you something. Okay, let me get back over here for a moment. Like I say, this prosperity does not come because of sweat and brow. Right? And, and, and we're talking about some of those things. But since this come up, I'm going to throw this out there. One of the major keys is by the word of prophecy. Is by the prophetic word of prophecy. Oh, master, oh, I had borrowed this axe head and it's lost. What am I going to do? I'm in debt. And the, and the prophet said, go, do so, 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 so. Next thing you know, 
the axe head floated. Another time, the prophet says, go sell what you have. Gather up jars and the, and, the, and the prosperity came. Now it sounds, I used to struggle with it, but I see it now. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Believe the Lord and, 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 and believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. It is the word of prophecy that can cause death cancellation. So don't think it a light thing if I say to you, according to the word of God, that there is a word that is a light, that is a lamp, that is a fire, that is a rock, that you get a hold of this word. That word can propel you and make you like just one of the mighty men that was with David. It can prosper you. Amen? Paul said he did that. I don't know about you, but I decided I want to hang out with Paul. I want his company. Amen? Amen? All right. Okay, all right. You see, oh, somebody said, oh, that guy is so arrogant. No, I'm not being arrogant. <laughs> anyway, let's not go there. Okay, let's back up here. So how do you get this prosperity and wealth and provisions to come out of your spirit? Faith. Say faith. Faith. <laughs> yeah. Faith. Acts chapter 26. Now you can sum up all of this prosperity and all of this wealth and call it inheritance. Is that okay? The scripture says you were born again by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to a living hope and to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. Now, so in Acts chapter 26, Paul speaking, he said that, that, that when God called him and God sent him forth and God sent him, and this was his assignment, to open their eyes. To open their eyes. I mean, the eyes were closed. Now, unfortunately, that is still a need today in the body of Christ. That their eyes must be opened. To turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan to God. And that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And, say and. An inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. In other words, that inheritance is, is just like the forgiveness. It is received, how? By faith. So how are you going to get a hold of this inheritance? Say by faith. Now Romans chapter 4 verse 16 says, It is of faith that it might be by grace. This way the promise is sure to all the seed. Now, faith is, mm, faith is dependent on the word, on the spirit, and on the blood. The scripture says, and you can look it up, in 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 and 8, it says there's three that bear witness in heaven. And they agree. Oh, they agree. They're in total harmony. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Do you think they're in agreement? They're in perfect agreement in heaven. But we're here. We're on earth. In a sense. The word of God says the word is settled in heaven, but you got to settle it on earth. How do we do that? The word, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, 1 John 5, 7, they are in perfect agreement and harmony in heaven. And it says in verse 8, but there are three that they bear witness on the earth. There are three that are in agreement down here. 
And it says it's the word, the blood, and the spirit. The word, the blood, and the spirit. What are we talking about? And I'm going to say, and I'm making this statement that faith is dependent on the word, it's dependent on the spirit, and it's dependent on the blood. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, it is called, it, is, it speaks about the spirit of faith. And as for the blood, we've talked about that. The blood is what authorizes the whole operation. Amen? All right. So the blood is the authority. You know, the, the, the word, the blood, and the spirit. Incidentally, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says, There is a threefold cord that, shall, that cannot be easily broken. In other words, when you get these threefold cord together, man, you got a seal, a, 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 a tight seal guarantee. The word, the blood, and the spirit. And actually, if we had time, you could take that truth and you could go look at healing. You could go look at a whole bunch of different areas and you will find the word, the blood, and the spirit. Anytime you got them in agreement, you got a solid case. Anyway, we're talking about prosperity. So the blood, the authority... Of your prosperity. The Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit. He is the one that will give you the wisdom. Now the wisdom might vary from situation to situation. It might vary in one work, work environment versus another. But he is the one. That, he will give you the wisdom. He is the teacher. And he will lead you. And guide you. In just a little bit of truth. No. Into all truth. Amen. He is the anointing of prosperity. Now, for that reason it says, Isaiah 48 verse 13, that he will teach you to profit. And he will lead you in the way in which you shall go. And then it will go on to say that if you will just follow after him, your prosperity is going to be like the waves of the sea. It just keep on coming. That's Isaiah 48 verse 17 and 18. Now, let me make a little switch here. So, there is this threefold cord. These are, these are your, it is faith, but this faith is connected to the blood. It's connected to the word. It's connected to the Holy Spirit. The blood, the blood authorizes it. The Holy Spirit is what we're talking about right now. He will teach, he will lead. But let me show you it a different way. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 says, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That the redeem us from the curse of the law, because curses everyone that hang on the tree. So he has redeemed us from the curse of poverty, lack, insufficiency. And but then it goes on to say in verse 14, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna read that verbatim. Because this is important. Here's a little slight misconception in the body of Christ as well. Therefore, let me do it right. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Listen to this. 
Because you see, we, books have been written, and I'm not discounting the books. What is this blessing? Is it some glow? Is it, uh, I mean, yes, there is an anointing and all of that. But this scripture, when you look at what it is, the blessing of Abraham. Okay, forget Abraham. <laughs> the blessing of Abraham that might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing, receive the promise of the Spirit. The blessing, the promise of the Spirit. What is the blessing? It's the promise of the Spirit. That's the blessing. That's the blessing. And that is why this is necessary in order to, 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 to rise and to operate in the prosperity that God has for us. The Spirit. The blessing is the Spirit. Now, that is the reason why Paul would say, in Acts 15 verse 29, Paul says something that, again, it could be arrogant if you, didn't, if, if you don't look at it right. Paul says, when I come, I'm going to come see you guys. And he says, when I come, listen to what he says, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. Man, like who does he think he is? When I show up, I'll see you guys in a couple of months. I'm dealing with some situations here in jail and room. But when I come, I'm going to, I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing it. I'm going to come in the fullness of the blessing. What was he talking about? Remember in other cases, Paul says, look, when I come, I'm going to find out who is really on God's side and who is just full of talk and who really have power to back it up. Because I'm not going to come. I'm going to come in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power so that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Paul literally, uh, and he had that Elijah spirit on him. You know what I mean? Right? Which, whoever God answered by fire. So Paul says, I'm going to come in the fullness of the blessing. What's he talking about? He was talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. And that is the blessing. That is the blessing. And that is why you have to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit and especially in this financial area. Amen? All right. Now, okay, I think we got that. And then, of course, the word. It says in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul says, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among the saints. To give it to you, deliver it to you, cause it to come into your hands. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 21 says, you know, to keep the word of God as fronted before your eyes. When you wake up, when you go to sleep, talk about it. To keep the word, the word, the word, the word. And then it says, Deuteronomy 11 21, so that you may have days of heaven on earth. Deuteronomy 6, keep the word so that you can, you can prosper in the land to which you're going. So the word of God is, the word of God is connected to your faith. The, 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 the operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, who is, which is the blessing that make it rich. You got to operate in, that is part of, that's connected to your faith, the spirit of faith. And then of course, the blood that authorizes it all. Now, the, the word, it says in Acts 19 verse 20, that the word of God grew and prevailed. There's a problem. The word of God prevailed above it. The sickness. The word of God prevailed. 
persecution, the word of God prevailed. Poverty and lack, the word of God prevailed. In other words, here's the point. You must make the word of God prevail. You got to do that. How do you do that? You're going to have to meditate in the word. Joshua said that if you meditate in the word and you and, and, and keep it this word um, and you meditate upon this word day and night and you observe to do according to all that is written therein, you are going to make your way prosperous and you are going to have good success. So in other words, you've got to make the word of God prevail by meditating in the word, by declaring that word, by speaking that word, by decreeing that word, by doing that word. And then you also have to let the voice of the blood speak. Do you know the blood has a voice? That's a message in itself. But the blood speaks. The blood of Abel spoke and said, my brother killed me. Isn't there going to be some judgment, some justice? Well, if the blood of Abel would speak, how much more does the blood of Christ speak from the mercy seat of God? That's not my words. That's Hebrews 12 and verse 24. So you've got to, you've got to allow and let the voice of the blood speak and be heard. Amen. And then, of course, you got to let the Holy Spirit guide you, and you got to let him give you wisdom. He said he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. You're going to have to let him do that. Okay. Now, so what does this faith look like? What does it look like? It's confidence and it's agreement. First of all, it is agreeing with God. It's agreeing with God. We walk by what? Faith and not by sight. It's not agreeing with the sight. It's not agreeing with appearances. It's not agreeing with, the, with what it looks like. It's not agreeing with background. It's not agreeing with history. It's not agreeing with opinion. It agrees with God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Also too, it agrees with what is finished. This is the victory that overcomes even our faith. Thanks be to God which gave us the victory by virtue of the sacrifice. It agrees with what is finished. And we've been talking about the blood and the word and the spirit. It agrees with whatever the blood testifies. It agrees with whatever the Holy Spirit is saying. It agrees with whatever the word of God is saying. And guess what? The word, the blood, and the spirit, they agree together in one. And they're just waiting for your agreement. They say, come on in here. You see, the scripture says, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it what? It shall be done for them. In other words, when you and the Father, when you agree with God, man, there is no greater agreement partner that you can have but God the Father, but the Holy Spirit, and the Word, and the blood. Oh, hallelujah. So this faith now, this faith that, 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 that is in agreement with God is what we call your con the, 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 the elements. Okay. This faith has to do, it has to do with your conversation. Forgive my me not putting the words together right. But your faith, your conversation, about your thinking, your believing, your speaking, your attitudes, and your action. And I've been preaching that a lot. When your conversation is in agreement... With the word of God. When it's in agreement with how it is in heaven. When it is in agreement with the gospel. Philippians 1 verse 27 says, Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. In other words, let it agree with the reality that Christ is in you. 
Let it agree with it. Jesus in you. Is Jesus in you? But let it agree with him. With whatever he says. Let it agree with the sacrifice. I believe that alone. Let it agree. Your conversations in heaven. Let it agree with heaven. Now here is something else. Ephesians 4.22 says, strip off, tear off, rip off the conversation of the old man. That old man that died, get rid of, get rid of his conversation. Get rid of how he used to think. Get rid of how he talked. Get rid of his attitudes. Get rid of his actions. Just get rid of him completely, his thinking. And be renewed in the spirit of mind and put on. Put on. Say, I'm going to put it on. Put on the conversation of the new man. In other words, you have now got to put on the conversation of that person in your spirit, of your spirit man. And I'm telling you, your spirit man is created in righteousness and true holiness. He's exact. Christ himself is his life. So it is saying, put on, let your conversation be in agreement with your born again spirit. That means walk after your born again spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? That means walking in the spirit. That means being spiritually minded. And that is life and peace. And in the word peace is prosperity. All right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you're thinking, you're believing, your attitudes, you're speaking. All of those things make up your conversation and they must be in line with the word, with the blood, with the spirit. How can two walk together except they be agreed? But when you are in agreement with God, all things become possible to you. So, now, I'm going to turn the corner here. Last week we talked about the thinking, the believing, the attitudes, and the speaking. Now, let me just introduce, no, we didn't talk about the actions. Let me just mention a little bit about the action, uh, the actions. Um, let me see. Okay. Let me mention a little bit about your actions. Obviously, the thinking and all of that has to be in line with the word. Let's talk about your actions a little bit. James chapter 2 verse 18 says, um, you know, do, do, do. show me your faith with your actions. You tell me that you believe this and da, 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 da. Show me, show me, show me. And then in James 2 verse 20, it says faith without works, without the corresponding works is dead. It's futile. Amen. It's like a corpse sitting there looking good, but it's got no life. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Amen? James 2 verse 26, all right? Looks good. Nothing happening, nobody home. Hello? All right. So, we're talking about action. Say action. What you're going to do. Now, the overall law that covers actions is Genesis 8.22, which is what? Seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. Now, The law, the law, not just ah or one of them, the law that covers prosperity is the principle. Say principle. That's going to be very important. The principle of generosity. And I'm going to mention it why a little bit now. We're not going to get here today. But there's a whole lot of controversy in the body of Christ. And there has been for quite a while. Over the issue of tithing particularly. And the reason why there is such controversy, misunderstanding on the subject of tithing is because of the way tithing has been taught. 
If tithing was taught correctly from the perspective of either A, it's an ordinance, just like, just like communion is an ordinance, or if it has been taught as a principle, we wouldn't have all of this, all of this confusion. Now, now, I'm not going to get into that today much. Next week, we're going to go completely in that arena on dealing with the tithing from that perspective. But anyway, so in, that, so in other words, say principle. The principle of generosity, okay, while, while I'm still there. Now, what has happened is, the principle of generosity, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, press down, shake and get it running over. Cast your, um, um, what did it say again? It says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Right? The generous soul shall be made fat. By your generosity, you're going to have a foundation in which you can stand and all of that. Okay. So, um, that principle of generosity, that principle of generosity is, 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 the, is the foundation, is the foundation and it is the key principle in prosperity. Now, within that principle of generosity, God has given us some simple, practical ways by which we can be generous. Tithing, first fruits, alms, giving to the poor, and all of this stuff. There are like vehicles that God says, hey, do this, do this, and you're going to operate in this principle of generosity. All right. Now, I'm only dealing with the generosity part right now. But generosity is the nature of God. It is God's nature. It is God's nature. Oh, Psalms 145. Generosity is God's nature. Psalms 145. Let me just read a few verses here. Reading from verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. It, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. And on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts. And I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness. And shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. He causes the rain to come down on the just and on the unjust. Think about that. And his tender mercies are over all of his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord. And your saints will bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. And talk of your power. To make known to the sons of men. His mighty acts. And his glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall. And he raises up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you. And you give them, you give them, you give them their food. Ah, he take care of all the birds, man. You give them their food in due season. You open your hand. And you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways. Gracious in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. 
God is good. God is gracious. That is his nature. God so loved the world that he gives his only begotten son. Now, that nature of God is the same exact precise nature that is in you when you get born again. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. Why would John have to say that to Christians? Born again, spirit-filled, and he would have to tell them, I'm writing these things to you that you might know that you have eternal life. Could it be because they didn't know? In other words, they didn't have that awareness that they have eternal life? In other, words, in other words, you could be a Christian born again with all of the other bumper stickers and not have this conscious awareness that I have eternal life, which means I have the nature of God. The scripture says, awake to righteousness, awake to that oneness, awake to the reality of all of the oneness that you have with God in Christ, the authority that is, belongs to Jesus that is yours in his name. Awake to the reality of all of these rights and privileges on all of these promises that are yours. Awake to the reality that you're the righteousness of God in Christ and you're accepted and you're justified and in the presence of God you're free from sin and guilt and shame and insecurity and and inferiority and condemnation and every awake to that reality that is the nature that is on the inside of us you your nature is that of a giver you are gracious now when you function in that nature prosperity is the outcome that nature is righteousness it's righteousness it's oneness with god now, here's something, here's something very interesting, and I'm going to, I'm just going to hookah shalaba. All right. <laughs> it was the end of 2022, and I, I could tell you the date because I was, I, I was looking at some of my notes just very recently, right? Now, I'm going to get a little bit personal here. But it was towards the end of 2022. Now, um, you know, work-wise, working-wise, I was in sales and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I need some extra money. I just sell some more stuff. Simple as that. <laughs> need some more, you just sell some more. And that was it. But then, I, but then later on, you know, you got, you got out, you know, I kind of retired. That shut down. Some other uh, financial avenues, channels were closed. Right? The bills are still the same. And I kind of went back to God. What, what, what's happening? Like, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Now? Have you ever been there? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, here was what the Lord said to me. And I'm telling you this because uh, I'm, not, I'm not lying, God. I'm telling you the truth. And God said to me, do the same thing in the financial area that you did in the area of healing. Right? And, and with all humility, I've kind of learned how to walk in divine health. And he said, do the same thing. And he was talking about, he was saying, apply the revelation of righteousness and the sacrifice of Christ the same way you did it in the area of healing. And that'll take care of it. And I thought, okay, fine. And so I began to search some scriptures about righteousness and trying to connect it up with prosperity. And I did that. I got a little notebook, which I think I have in my bag. Wrote a few. And then, you know, you kind of fell away from it. And you forgot about it. And you wander off back to some other comfort area. And so on and so forth. And sometimes I would stop and think, Lord, like, you know me, I'm not so sure I've been faithful in doing what you told me to do, even though things are all right. 
And then, and then, but recently I realized, you know something? Uh, then, I reg- then I begin to see how God has been leading me. And without realizing it, I've been doing certain things. Some of those same things I wrote down in a notebook which I happen to have here. And this is something, let me show you, let me share with you a discovery. It's a discovery. Amen? Discovery means it was there before you discovered it. <laughs> All right? And this is what I discovered. I discovered that if you simply learn to function in righteousness, the oneness with God in Christ and with authority and what goes with righteousness, okay? If you learn to function in it, prosperity is just going to happen without you being intentional about it. It's going to just happen automatically. It's just going to happen. You're just going to look around. I don't know if you've ever gotten a heel that way. Where something happened, I remember one time I had a shoulder problem, and you, you know what I mean? You know, and they say you can't, oh, whatever it is, right? And I just, I believe God, and I know, time went by, and then one day I realized, oh, I guess I'm all right. Well, it's like that. It's going to happen in the financial arena. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures just to make that point. Where are we? Okay, so righteousness. Jesus put it this way. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. Don't, even, don't, don't, don't use up your mind and your prayer time over there. Just forget it. Just forget it. That's what the Gentiles do. But as for you, don't be like them. Forget it. Forget about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear and prosper. Just forget it. He said, but this is what I want you to do. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And those things are going to be added to you beside. You're going to wake up and find they're there. Okay, thank you, Lord. Sounds good. Can you give me some more scripture to prove it? Yeah, sure. Psalms 84 verse 11. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Well, what do you mean to walk uprightly? You mean I must be good shoes? What is this uprightly? Well, Paul said about, about, about Peter in Galatians 2 verse 14. That when Peter was being a little bit hypocritical, he said Peter was not walking upright in the gospel. But what is the gospel? The gospel is the revelation of righteousness. Peter was not walking. So you're saying, in other words then, so this issue about no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. He is talking about no good thing will he withhold from them that would walk correctly in the gospel. For them that will walk correctly in righteousness. No good thing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Remember the song? No good thing being withheld. Why? Just because you walk in, the, in, in righteousness. You don't even have to pray about it. It just happens. Just like Jesus said. Psalms 85 verse 10. Mercy and truth have met together. Now listen to this. This is very romantic. Mercy and truth have met together. And righteousness and peace whew, have kissed each other. And the word peace is prosperity. Check it out. Isaiah 45 verse 4. Let the heavens pour down righteousness. And then let salvation and what else? Yeah, and then let salvation and righteousness spring up together. What is that? You pouring down one thing and something else coming up? When you pour down righteousness, and that's the seed, what comes up? Salvation. Salvation includes prosperity. And righteousness will spring up. Again, it just happens. Psalms, Isaiah 32 verse 17. The effect of righteousness is peace. And again, that's prosperity. 
and we could go on and on and on. In other words then, Psalms, the Psalms 112 man, a man that delighted in God, the man that loved the word, he feared the Lord, and if you dissected, he was walking in righteousness. Wealth and riches was in his house. And the seed, the Bible called him the righteous because it said the seed of the upright shall be blessed. Amen? What am I saying to you? I'm simply saying to you to say to you this. Just to function in that nature of God that is in you opens up the door to increase. And, and, as, and that nature that is inside of you, eternal life, is one of generosity. God so loved the world that he gave. That he gives. The man that is righteous will do what's right. Giving is right. Generosity is right. Supporting the work of the Lord is right. Feeding and being God's hand, helping hand to the poor is right. Now, your giving can come from a place of revelation. You understand this is how the program works. You sow, you reap. You cast your bread in the water, it comes back after many days. When the clouds are full, it empty itself. You can give from a place of revelation. You understand the program. Not because somebody twists your arm. Give as you purpose in your heart. I purpose in my heart. And I do it cheerfully. Giving from revelation, giving from the purpose in your heart, because you understand the program, you understand the principles, you understand how first fruits and tithing and, and giving and alms and all of that stuff work. Now, I don't want, want to go too far with this, but now you don't go wild. Because you see, sometimes people don't understand certain things and they decide they're going to give, give away their rent, give away their mortgage. If the Holy Ghost tells you to give away your rent or your mortgage or your school fees, fine. But if he doesn't tell you that and that has already been designated for some legitimate purpose, unless God tells you to do that, that's not what it's talking about. Amen? That's foolishness. That's not the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. But then you learn, but you learn to give a portion of everything that comes. A portion of, of all that increase. You learn to honor the Lord with it. On the first day of the week, you take a part of what of the increase that may have come in and you set it aside. That is calling and you choose to give. You don't have to give. Your nature is that of generosity, but you don't have to go with your nature. You don't have to give, but it is your nature. Now, let me just say a few things just as I close. Because we're going to, and I'm just setting up next week. There is no curse if you don't give and if you don't tithe. Why? Because Christ hung on the cross and you are redeemed from the curse of the law. All right. There is no condemnation or punishment because you don't give or because you don't tithe. Why? Because you are accepted based on the sacrifice of Christ. And there is no condemnation and you are justified because of that blood. Okay. There is no, you know, say, oh, and then if, and, and that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. No, 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 no. God don't have to, no, no devour. If you don't tithe, then, 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 then the devourer is going to be released against you. No, no. As a believer, a new covenant believer, you have authority 
to rebuke the devourer yourself. All right. Let's start out. Get that out of the way. Now, giving can come from a place of, can come first of all by revelation because you know and you understand certain things. But it can also come from the, from, from the place where the Holy Spirit is leading you. He's prompting you. He's telling you to do this or to do that. And we don't have time to go there. But he says that if you would do that, man, he says, I'll cause you to, to, I'll cause you to, to feed you with the finest of wheat. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And then there's giving that comes as a lifestyle when you're developing it. But in the final analysis, here's the point. Generosity from a pure heart is the principle of the kingdom of God for the believer to come up higher financially. Now, God has given unto us ways by which you can function in this generosity from your heart through tithing, first fruits, alms, offerings, honoring, honor gifts that we're going to discuss later. But unfortunately, there has been confusion, and I'm setting up next week's message. There has been confusion and disagreement on the subject of tithing and giving. Is it under the law? Is it before the law? Do you have to tithe? Or do you choose to tithe? Do you pay tithes? Or do you give tithes? <laughs> and there has been a lot of abuse, unfortunately, uh, 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 in this arena because of lack of integrity and manipulation sometimes by those that are in leadership. But it is still the word of God. The controversy that exists on this subject of tithing only exists because of the way it has been taught. Tithing should be taught as an ordinance like communion and as a principle like sowing and reaping or faith. Right? Just like the truth of faith where you got to believe and you got to speak. Now, there are truths that are in this principle uh, that, are, that are involved in tithing and so on that will reveal the ways of God. Now, here is a, a problem people run into. Because it's in the Old Testament does not mean that it's under the Old Covenant. Tithing, first fruits, and other ways of giving is a demonstration of your love of God, of your trust in God, it is, an, it is an, a demonstration of the degree of your consecration to God. Is he Lord of all? Is he Lord of your finances? Tithing is, a, is, 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 a, is strongly connected to the fear of the Lord and honoring God. Tithing it will teach you to trust God, to obey God. To separate your life unto God. In the New Testament and today, loving God... Obeying God, making him Lord over every area of your life, honoring him, has that passed away? No, it has not passed away. Is it law? Or is it choice? You choose to. Now, next week, we're going to go in there and we're going to open it up. And I'm believing God that we're going to deal with it. Um precisely, accurately, so that when we're done, this issue of tithing will be settled and done 
once and for all. It's always going to be your choice, but at least you will have understanding. All right? Now, I'm going to close here, but I want to pray. I want to pray specifically over your finances. And I want to make some declarations as well. And I want to pray that God would make you a money magnet. Is that okay? I want to pray Psalms 57 verse 2 that it will be a performance by the hand of God on your life and your finances. Let's stand. I also want to pray Jeremiah 33 verse 6. Behold, I will bring to your finances health and healing. And I will heal them and I will, and I will reveal the abundance of prosperity and truth. Now, if you have some item that you can use as a point of contact to, to, to relate to your, to your money, right, get it, put, it, put, put your hand on it. Maybe it's a credit card. Maybe it's a wallet. Right? And if you got nothing, then just hold your hands because God says he'll bless, bless your, the work of your hands. But it's, find something. But, and I'm asking you to do this as a... As, as a as a point of contact, as a, 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 as a way of you releasing your faith. Amen? All right, now let's turn our heart toward God. And for you online, do the same thing. Get your wallet, get your bank account, get, get something. Get your credit card, get whatever. Get a dollar bill. Do you have a dollar bill? Well, I don't know. Go, go get whatever it is and let it be a point of contact as we pray. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God. Your eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth. earth. Looking for that one that will give you the opportunity for you to show yourself strong on their behalf. I pray, Lord God, that those, that you are finding those right now that is giving you that opportunity to show yourself strong. And particularly in this financial arena. So, Father, I'm asking in according to Psalms 102 and verse 13. That you would arise in their life. And that you would show them mercy in this financial arena. And that you would give them favor. Favor with you but also favor with men. Cause doors to be open in their lives. Cause people. Give them connections with, with individuals that would show them favor. That would hold the door open for them. That would give them promotion. They will, they will use their resources and their gifts and their abilities and their talents and their connections on their behalf. Grant them that favor, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Father, let your hand be so stretched out over the financial affairs of their life that there will be a performance by the power of the Holy Spirit, the blessing of the Lord in their lives supernaturally. That will cause debt cancellation. That will cause abundance in the name of Jesus. That will cause increase. That will cause wisdom and creative ideas in the name of Jesus. Father, let your hand, let that anointing come upon their pocketbook. Let that anointing of increase come upon their lives in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you, that you would bring healing. Into their financial affairs in the name of Jesus. And that you will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and prosperity. And that you will cause them to walk 
in truth in this financial arena. Unite their hearts to fear your name. Let the fear of the Lord come upon them. So that they would have that desire to obey you. To trust you. To walk in agreement with you. To honor you. To live separated lives unto you. To let the Lordship of your word and of your spirit and of the blood be upon them. Father, I ask that you would grant it in the name of Jesus. So Lord, I declare that they're not only becoming a money magnet, but I call them a money magnet in the name of Jesus. So that men are giving into their bosom good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. The treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of the secret places are coming to them and filling their treasures. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know, but this pop, this pop up in my mind, so I'm going to say it. And especially for those online. I don't know where you're at, but if God is speaking to you or you choose by your own will to decide, you know what? I want to sow a seed Right now, as a point of contact in releasing my faith for what I've just prayed, then go ahead and do that. Amen? If that bears witness with you, or you feel that purpose in your heart, then do it. Amen? Having said that, if it doesn't fit, I quit. Let it go. No condemnation. Amen? Praise the Lord. You are forever blessed, yes, Pastor Dad. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Ian. Father, thank you for your word. It's established and printed on our hearts. Bring it to our remembrance when we need of a man. Um, I remind you before you go, all the items on there is uh, for free. There's a booklet. If anybody can take it, it's called Introduction, Introduction to um, Power of Imagination by Andrew Womack. Please feel to grab it. Anything there is for free. Search uh, CDs, take whatever, just for to take with you. Amen? And as you go, you are a believer. We are here favor his righteous cause. You are the light of Jesus. So go touch a life, lay hand on the sick, recover, witness about the saving power of Jesus, share your testimony, give to the poor, heal the sick. Amen? Go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.